Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Stevens here. We've got two weeks to catch up on. We have IL trips. We have games. We have all-star breaks. There's just a lot, a lot to catch up on. There is. There's also two like showdown series against the Giants. So naturally, we're not going to talk about any of that. We'll, we'll touch on it, but we're mostly going to talk about trade deadline this week. Coming up really, really soon. Um, but we'll recap all the actions we have. Questions from Greg. We have a Dodgers rewind, a uh, a current uh, current Major League Baseball player for the Dodgers rewind that uh, the Dodgers are gonna gonna see pretty soon. So we'll figure out who that is a little bit after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the more go-to refrains we heard and you and I talked about during the offseason was, what will the Dodgers do with all this starting pitching? And I think we, you and I were very good to quickly bring out that these are the kind of problems that unfortunately tend to sort themselves out. And in the case of the Dodgers this year, uh, create a whole different kind of problem in regards to starting pitching. Yeah, like the... I, I can't remember how many times Dave Roberts was would point out any time he was asked about seven starting pitchers on the roster, he would go, no, it's eight because we have Jimmy Nelson, you know, former starter, and then uh, David Price was one of those eight, and then uh, they figured out that, especially in the case of Nelson, but also in Price, who didn't pitch last year, that they needed to sort of be shorter burst guys. Uh, Nelson's been like arguably the Dodgers' best reliever uh, all, all year, but also can't really go more than an inning without um, like needing extra rest, like a lot of extra rest. So he's essentially a one inning guy. Price was more of a multi inning guy. He's really adjusted. Like they've 
whatever they've asked him, he's like, I'm good. Whatever you need, that's fine. And then, like, uh, he had a hamstring injury. He's been, like, excellent since, like, middle of May when he came back from that. Um, and, like, so the eight starters really was six. And then one of those, Tony Gonsolin, was uh, out two months with his shoulder uh, inflammation to start the season. And then by the first month, Dustin May was, like, looking marvelous, like one of the Dodgers' best starters. And and he needed Tommy John. So, like, now you're down to four. Tony Gonsolin comes back. Uh, and then uh, Trevor Bauer is uh, not going to pitch for a, a while with the Dodgers. He's currently on administrative leave. We, that last episode, we talked about the many reasons why he's under investigation for assault, both from Major League Baseball and the Pasadena Police Department. Um, his administrative leave has been extended through um, July 27th. He has a hearing this week in Los Angeles Superior Court on July 23rd regarding the temporary restraining order against him. So there's going to be, you know, proceedings going on. But the point is, like, if you look at the history of, like, everyone, every player who's been placed on, like, administrative leave by Major League Baseball um, during the season, um, they've all been suspended and usually for a long time uh, for, like, an average of 62 games of the previous group. Um so regardless of like what happens with Bauer investigation wise, I think it's safe to like sort of count him out as someone uh, you can count on. There's obviously uh, lots of reasons why the Dodgers shouldn't. Uh, if, yeah, if any if any of this proves to be true or whatever, they should probably not have him back anyway. Um, but like just from a logistical standpoint, uh, he's he's essentially not uh, not a part of the rotation now or in the immediate future. So now you're down to three. They add price back into the rotation. Um, and then uh, Kershaw, you know, one of the anchors, uh, all of a sudden feels something in his, uh, like, forearm and elbow. He, he went on the uh, injured list uh, the last week before the break. Um, so this was one of those weird things where initially when the Dodgers sent out the information – they sent out left elbow inflammation, left elbow inflammation, um, and then within like a minute they corrected it to forearm. The thing here is it's all connected, right? Like, it's it. They were very concerned to point out, no, no, it's forearm. It, it's not elbow. It's forearm. Um, but um, in interviews since then, like Dave Roberts has mentioned, like. You know, Kershaw really hasn't felt anything in his elbow like that before, so he was a little freaked out. Kershaw himself, this last Saturday, and when the Dodgers were in Denver, I'm quoting here from Bill Plunkett's piece, he, he spoke to some reporters on site there. Um, Kershaw said, I really haven't had many elbow things before. It wasn't like a one-pitch deal. It's something that's been building over time. It was good, it was good to get a good bill of health from an MRI for sure. Um, I wasn't, I don't want to say nervous, but I never really had any elbow stuff, so it was a little uneasy, I guess. So the Dodgers did do an MRI on that, and it came back clean. It just showed the inflammation. So they kind of breathed a sigh of relief, but at the same time, he's not going to pitch until, like, August. Um, they're being very cagey about exactly when. Um, that will be Kershaw said he does have a target date for when he'll pitch with the Dodgers, but he would not reveal that. So that basically, if you just dial it back he started on july 3rd uh when the dodgers were in washington dc and then if you just 
I think the total number of starts missed, we're looking at like probably at least five, uh, something like that. So the, the point is you have to like account for innings. Like I think you could argue um, even when the Dodgers were at full strength before, um, before any of the like Bauer stuff broke, when they had a, a quote-unquote full staff of Bauer, Kershaw, Bueller, um, uh, Urias, and Gonsolin, I think at that point you can argue that the Dodgers needed pitching anyway, <laughs> because there we've seen throughout the years there was no way those five pitchers were going to make every single start the rest of the way. Now, you could say um, they have some internal options. They really have very few internal options, honestly. At the time, Josiah Gray dealing with a shoulder impingement of his own, he missed two months in the minors. Um, he's their best pitching prospect. He just came back on July 4th with AAA. Uh, there's a very good chance, although it hasn't been announced officially, that he could make his Major League debut on Tuesday against the Giants. The Dodgers have an open spot. It's essentially down to either Gray or a bullpen game on Tuesday. And, I mean, look, they've they've been running the bullpen ragged um, like this month. They've used 17 different relievers. It's been nuts. And I, I, don't, I just don't think that's sustainable, especially – with a current rotation that already includes David Price, who's been excellent, but also his last two starts of three and four innings are his longest in two years. And then Gonsolin has gone more than four innings once. So I just don't think you could you could tax a bullpen like that, you know, with with a with forty percent of your rotation going short anyway. Like Gray, he doesn't have to like go be great. But you, you need someone to go four or five innings, like, instead of bullpen game where you use, like, seven or eight pitchers. Like, because it just taxes everyone. Plus, they only have, like, one off day through the end of uh, July. It, it's a brutal stretch. So, I think Gray makes the most sense. We'll see if they do it. It'll be disappointing if they don't. But that was, like, that was before the injuries. Now, obviously, Bauer's out. Kershaw's out for a little while. So, it's very clear that they, they're going to, like, need starting pitching. Um, so that's where the trade deadline comes in. Uh, the trade deadline is July 31st. There's only one of these now. Um, there's no more like waiver trade trade deadline anymore. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how baseball determines this major league baseball, but there's sometimes where they like respect the weekend and sometimes they don't. So for some reason, because July 31st falls on the weekend on a Saturday, they moved the trade deadline to July 30th. There was a one of those one of the years, I believe 2016. I think similarly the trade deadline was moved to the Monday, August 1st. I'm not sure how they determined that, but just know this year it's only July 30th. So as we're recording, we're talking 11 days away. So basically, we're at the like the final stretch for the trade deadline. So uh, let's look at uh, some of the players the Dodgers could be interested in. Do you, As, do you have any like? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do you have, do you have any just general thoughts on like any of that? Yeah, just b- before we get to the trade targets, and you c- we kind of mention it, but uh, the idea of a bullpen game when two of your nominal starters are lucky to go beyond four innings is just not going to happen. Um, it'll be really curious to see if any of we'll say three, and we'll include um, Gray on that can get stretched out to where they, you know, the potential of going six innings now and then is there at least. And if not, uh, it feels like a trade has to happen. 
Um, yeah, and, and then, I will say on, on yeah. Gray, um, his first game back, they've been easing him back. Um, he went two innings. He was perfect. Uh, then his next start, he was supposed to go three, but he was so efficient, he went four. He only allowed a hit, I believe, in that game. Uh, and then his last start, he went four and two-thirds, 68 pitches. So, you know, Roberts, uh, Dave Roberts has mentioned, like, he wants to see, like, five innings, 75 pitches as the floor before getting called up. He said the same for Gonsolin. He didn't exceed three and two-thirds before he was called up. So, like, it's it's nebulous, right? Like, he Gray is essentially at the five-inning mark right now, mm-hmm. roughly. So, or at least to the point where he can get there within a start or two. So, I think, but the, the thing is, the like, Gray could be called up to start, like, two, Tuesday, and then, you know, because they don't have a day off, probably get another start Sunday, and they still need starting pitching, like, even if that happens, right? Like, so, because right. um, I think in a perfect world, like, um, you don't have to have David Price in the rotation. He could still be an excellent pitcher in whatever role he has, or what. And you know, who knows? Like, but yeah, I, I just think um, there's a lot. It, it, this is a weird market too, because I think some of the more intriguing names might not be traded just because the the teams are stubborn yeah. enough to think they're in it. Like, I was about to so say I, the you know, as it is with hot stove hype, you just you know take teams. Around 500 or below, uh, sort by free agents who, uh, and then war, and then you know, make storylines from there, even if it doesn't make sense outside of that. Um, Max Scherzer being the name that kind of really fits that. Uh, Nationals have had a disappointing season so far. Uh, he's going to be a free agent, he's re- exactly what the Dodgers could be using, looking for, but at the same time, like to have a team trade one of the big faces of the franchise when they're conceivably able to make it to the postseason and the team that won the World Series off of a sort of miraculous run just two seasons ago seems re- like a really tall order for them to, to for that to happen. I think they would have to tank on like on a Cubsian level uh, between yeah. now and the deadline for that to even be entertained. And even then they might say, you know what, who cares? Like we, you know, maybe this is a guy they want to bring back. They want they and they think keeping him is a, is um, is a way to do so, as opposed to trading him and trying to sign him again. The Cubs lost like eleven straight after the Do- they no hit the Dodgers. Uh, Take and, that! Like, so yeah, they're they're incomplete. So we'll get to them in a second. But like you're right, Scherzer. The funniest thing about Scherzer, I think, is that Dave Roberts managed the All Star team, and he Scherzer did not make the initial All Star roster. He was later added as a replacement. And Roberts chose him to start the game. Not not an out of the box necessarily choice or surprise. Like Degrom, what uh, didn't pitch? Gaussman didn't pitch. Those were like the two clear, like should have started if they were active pitchers. But like uh, Roberts went with Scherzer. Uh, he he said it was because like one of the reasons. Well, obviously, look, Max Scherzer's a Hall of Famer. You don't really need an explanation, but. He said because the Nationals won in 2019, they didn't get a chance to like be at the All Star game, like the whole staff and stuff. So this was his way of sort of honoring that. Um, but uh, could have also been a hey, you know who I, you know, you know who really likes you, I do, and like I know you have a no trade clause, um, so you're you basically control where you're going to go. Um, so like, hey, what what about us, right? Like, uh, so 
pretty funny. Uh, so the thing about Scherzer, his deal is like he's he's due thirty five million, um, which means uh, there's like if they trade for him on July thirtieth, there's just a little over twelve million left. His contract with the Nationals is like funky because I think uh, the salary for the last three years of the deal it was thirty five million a year, so one hundred and five million, all one hundred and five million, I believe, is deferred. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that works out on a trade. Just know the Dodgers would be the team that trades for him would be responsible for the final 12 million whenever it's paid. Like assume maybe there's language in there where it's just due like a normal salary if that happens. But um, again, the Nationals they are 43 and 49, which is currently fourth in the National League East. But they're only six games back because that division's weird. Plus the Mets also just put. Jacob DeGrom on the injured list with um, forearm tightness, I believe. Um, and then Francisco Lindor suffered an oblique strain. So, like, they're hurting, um, and they're in first place. So I think any team that is, like, that's not the Marlins in that division is like, hey, we're contenders, right, And because the, this is a weird division. So that'll make it tough. Um but yeah, so that that's where I think the other thing with like with Scherzer, if you trade for Scherzer, you're a, you're getting like a for sure playoff starter. I, I don't necessarily think the Dodgers need that. I mean, they might, you know, because yeah, as it yeah, stands, I know. mean, I think last year's playoff run, we were really confused. This like why they had yeah. five healthy starters and they just continued to result to essentially bullpen games for yeah. the fourth starter. It's because they knew this was going to come. They knew they, they last last playoffs was just practice. They're getting ready, yeah, uh, ready for this season where they'll need to probably actually need to do uh, bullpenny looking games uh, for Game Four. Yeah. So like so the other another um, a guy who sort of fits that like filling in innings mode is Kyle Gibson. Uh, he's with the Rangers, who are very clearly out of contention. Uh, he's having like his best year at age 33. He made the all-star team in the American league. He has a 229 ERA that was leading the American league until like the other day. I'm not sure who passed him 347 FIP. He's been doing fine. So from 2016 to 2020, 465 ERA, 455 FIP, roughly five and two thirds innings. So literally an, an innings eater, right? Like n- not necessarily good, not like the, uh, the sexiest name in the booth, but sometimes you just need guys to eat innings. Like Dodgers are literally uh, like filling games with, with bullpen guys like Edwin Yuseta, uh Mitch White at times. Mitch White has actually been pretty good since he got sent down and, and starting for Oklahoma City. Uh, he is not an option to start Tuesday because he just pitched uh, Sunday night and he actually struck out nine for Oklahoma City. So good on Mitch White. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, to give you an idea about Kyle Gibson, this was in Ken Rosenthal's sort of trade deadline overview piece this morning at The Athletic. I'll link to it. Um, This is, to quote a rival executive, uh, what game is Kyle Gibson starting in the playoffs? Game one? No. Game two? I don't know. Game three? I guess. (laughs) So, uh, And, like, honestly, there's no way he starts one of the first three games for the Dodgers if he's on the Dodgers, in the Dodgers rotation, unless, like, you know, more people are hurt. The the other thing with Kyle Gibson, he's signed through next year. Nine million this year, so about three million left. Uh, Seven million next year, so like super cheap um, sort of rotation filler, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, 
So that's what you're getting with him. The other, another sort of arm who's a little uh, more of an impact pitcher, uh, who uh, who has more than this year is Jose Barrios from the Twins, who are like shockingly bad. They're 39 and 53. They're 17 games out because they're in a real division. Um, <laughs> and like, but yeah, uh, Barrios 3.48 ERA, 3.41 FIP. He's 27. He's only earning six million this year. Uh, about two million left. Um, he has an arbitration year next year, and then he's a free agent. Dustin Nosler wrote him up today at Dodgers Digest. I will link to that. I was looking. I think he may have missed like one, maybe maybe one start this year, but he, he's essentially made the, made every turn for the uh, for the Twins in the last four years. So pretty reliable. Um, the other thing, like the Dodgers just played the Rockies. They didn't face Herman uh, Marquez. He's their best pitcher. He's also signed through 2023. Um, I think I saw a quote, or maybe it was on the Dodgers broadcast, they brought this up, where whoever's the acting GM of the Rockies now, who was also part of the staff of the old crew, um, basically said, we're not a farm system for anybody. <laughs> so, like, I think they're very stubborn in the way they do things, and especially stubborn in, in dealing with the Dodgers. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But I think the more likely guy to be traded is John Gray. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He looked really good against the Dodgers on Sunday. Seven innings, seven strikeouts. He only allowed two runs. 368 ERA, 399 FIP. He's been like up and down, but generally pretty good. He's only earning $6 million, so he's got a little over $2 million left uh, this year. Um, now, I was looking at this. There's only been um, eight trades uh, with the uh, in bet- between the Rockies and Dodgers. Excuse me. Um, in, in the Rockies' history. The last one was in 2014, the immortal Juan Nicasio for Noel Cuevas trade. The biggest trade they did was probably Pedro Estacio for Eric Young in August 1997. Like, they just don't really do trades. The The Rockies are one of those teams that would be like, well, we can't trade within our own division. That would be, you know, we can't give the competition, you know, good players. So, like, they're just Instead, very stubborn we'll just about that stuff. take a bath be bad. and trade into St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Now, another sort of aging guy, Charlie Morton. He's with the Braves. He's 37, 369 ERA, 349 FIP. He's making $15 million, so a little over $5.3 million left. Another thing, he's in the NL East. The Braves are in better shape than the Mets are, They're or than the um, Nationals are, excuse me, 45 and 47. They're only four games back. Plus, Atlanta is very clearly, at, at least at the moment, quote-unquote, going for it. They just traded for Jock Peterson from the Cubs, uh, and he hit a home run against the lefty in his first, like his first start with the Braves. Like whoa! Uh, and then they traded for a catcher, Stephen Vote. Um, I was talking with Chris Willis, who runs the Braves site, Talking Chop. Um, the Braves have used seven catchers this year. <laughs> that <laughs> seems like a lot, um, but uh, yeah. So you know, Charlie Morton might fit. Also, the Braves probably. Unless they tank again, like you know, they're this the next two weeks, they're probably not going to be sellers. So, like, that's a problem. But let's that sort of brings us back to the Cubs. Jock Peterson was already traded. The Cubs lost 11 straight after they no hit the Dodgers. They're clearly out of it. Zach Davies sort of fits the bill in terms of like, um, at least an innings eater. But I was like, he's been really bad like this year. He doesn't strike anyone out. He has the. There's 62 qualified pitchers in the majors this year. He has a 14 and a half uh, percent strikeout rate. That's that ranks 61st. 
His walk rate, he walks a lot. It's 12.2%. That's the highest in Major League Baseball. So, like, what are you getting, man? Like, 435 ERA, 486 FIP, like, whatever. He's also averaged under five innings per start. He's lasted five innings only 11 times in 20 starts. So, not really what the Dodgers are necessarily looking for, or at least what they can't fill internally. Um, He actually started the no-hitter at Dodger Stadium, so maybe it's a karmic retribution if the Dodgers get him. (laughs) Uh, he's making uh, 8.63 million, so he just he has a little bit over 3 million remaining. Now, the more interesting sort of pitching acquisition from the Cubs would be Craig Kimbrell. Uh, we talked a lot about like how Kenley Jansen's been rejuvenated uh, this year. C- Craig Kimbrell has done that like times 100. Uh, his ERA is 0.53. Uh, his FIP is 1.09. He struck out almost half of the batters he's faced, 47%. Um, He's making big money, $16 million, so a little over $5.5 million left. He also has an option for next year for $16 million with a $1 million buyout, so potential for more than a year. Would obviously be expensive in terms of prospect cost, but that's that's sort of like an impact type person. Now, a lot of people are like clamoring for Chris Bryant. I, I guess this sort of gets into where what exactly the Dodgers are looking for. I, I still, like, I do think they're going to, probably trade for like some bat but I, I have a hard time reconciling reconciling that they would trade i mean i guess you if you found a fit right for for chris Bryant, you can make the deal but like i just i don't see them doing that um so just off the top of my head or i, I mean i wrote this down but like you know pollock is essentially um locked into a position in left you could argue you could get a left-handed outfielder to like platoon with him or whatever. That's fine, but like you have Pollock in left, a very badly struggling Cody Bellinger in center who also plays great defense, and that's why they're keeping him around. Also, he's dealt with so many injuries that he, I think, the Dodgers have shown extreme patience with a lot of people the last couple of years, and I think he's earned that. Uh, I don't necessarily think like if you trade for someone like Bryant, you're essentially benching. Bellinger at least, or maybe at least against lefties or something. I don't know. But then Mookie Betts and Wright, who's dealing with a hip thing. Um, so he that's one of the nagging things he's had this year. That sort of ex- helps explain a little bit why some of his like defensive and speed metrics have been off. <laughs> they, they took him out on Saturday uh, after his fourth extra base hit of the game. He's been like <laughs> red hot. But like, yeah, it's it's been weird. But then like obviously Justin Turner at third. Corey Seager possibly due back this week. We'll find out. Uh, Chris Taylor somewhere, you know, depending <laughs> on what the open position is. Max Muncy, obviously. And then Smith and Barnes at catcher. And then Pujol starts at first against lefties. So, like, Gavin Lux is struggling very badly. He also hurt his hamstring yesterday where he's going to miss at least a few days. I would, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going on the injury list too. So I, I, that's why I think it's more likely the Dodgers get more of a, a complimentary bat, like, again, left-handed batter to p- pair with Pollock. That's someone that's better than, like, say, Matt Beatty, uh, Luke Rayleigh, or Zach Rex. Um, you know, Joey Gallo is, like, the biggest sort of splashy type fit here. Um, he's also got an RB year left next year. Has said Many, many times he doesn't have a no trade clause or anything, but he, that he doesn't want to get traded by the Rangers and he'd like to resign with the Rangers after he's done, but they're terrible. So maybe they could trade him, but 
they would they would I think it would be a lot if the Dodgers traded for like an impact player like that. I, I don't necessarily see them doing that more of a more of a complimentary piece like they've done in, in recent years. But yeah, uh, that's that's where I sort of break down on the um, like on the rest of the trade deadline. I think it's it is going to be very pitching centric, but I haven't figured out exactly what they would do on the position player side. Now. I know you have a trivia question for me, but I think we have another yeah. question to, to cover first. Yep, from friend of the show, friend of the podcast, friend of the site, Sissy Tran, also uh, part of the vaunted uh, New Year's Day dim sum group. Um, with the trade deadline coming up, I was wondering, which five teams would you put on your own no trade list? So how are you approaching this? Okay, so I was I, I tend to do this like... I, I sort of think about this like Scott Boris in a way. Uh, it doesn't. I don't have. I can't. Ima- I, I don't really have a, a situation where I'd be like, "Well, I'm never playing for the Brewers," you know, or the, you know that kind of a thing. I don't have anything like that. Like, uh, I guess maybe if Notre Dame was a, a professional baseball team, <laughs> I would say never. Um, but like, no. Uh, I, so I would approach it and essentially just put the all the big money teams uh, on my no trade list. So I've only had five. It'd be Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, and then I guess Mets, Cubs. Um, the Cubs have shown that even in the big market, you're not necessarily you know always act like a big market team. But like um, the the theory behind this being not that I don't want to go there, but it's the the no trade clause makes those rich teams more likely to compensate you to waive your no trade clause so like you get something out of the deal basically and i think that's mostly what no trade clauses are used for um so i think that that would be my approach i'd go i'd go for the big money teams i'm doing exactly what you said you weren't doing i'm gonna go where i don't want to play there uh so uh san francisco some of that's mm-hmm. the oh I'm a Dodgers fan and Giants is there, but a lot of it's I've just like I, I've never gone in a lawn with the city of San Francisco. Just every time it's there, it just, I'm just it's, yeah, just not not my favorite city. Um, it's just it's so uh, dense, and now I, uh, and I tend to not like very um, densely populated areas. Tokyo is is an exception, and that's probably just because everything else in Tokyo is so great. But yeah. Um, uh, New York is also okay, but uh, most most dense cities like San Francisco just I don't don't grok with. Um, and then I'm just gonna go with really hot cities, so uh, uh, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Atlanta. I, like, <laughs> um, maybe the Texas teams I should add. Uh, although I get both of them play comfortably, I guess. Domes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So may, maybe so- I would swap one of the Texas teams with. Uh, with San Francisco, because you know I don't like it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I, just not my I get it. favorite. Big yeah, city. that makes sense. Uh, so I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we talked about how the uh, Dodgers and Rockies rarely trade, but since I mentioned that so many Cubs could be available, what player was acquired by the Dodgers in their last in-season trade with the Cubs? I will throw a, a guess or two after this. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What player was acquired by the Dodgers in the most recent in-season trade the Dodgers had with the Cubs? You have any setup for me, or am I just going for it? Um, I don't need a hint guess, per se. Just sometimes you uh, you have a preamble before I actually answer. So, I will say there's been one trade since then that wasn't in season, uh, but it, it's within the last decade. Um, is it the, the trade? The trade in between was uh, January 2020. The Dodgers traded uh, Clayton Daniel, a minor league player to the Cubs for Casey Sadler, who ended up... He did pitch a little bit for the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, I was I was a fan. Um, is it Carlos Mormal? Oh. No, but he... Okay, he's actually the second. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're in the right... So it's, it, it, Carlos Mormol was... Uh, wow, for Matt Guerrero. Uh, July 2013. Um, one year later is when the this this particular <sighs> transaction happened. It, and it was a it was an infielder. Um, okay. Um, uh, uh, I gotta remember name. Um, D B B D D. You you I'm have there. The right I, I I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darwin. You you have the right first name. Yeah, no, that was I'm, I'm like I'm like that's the name, but that's that's a it's kind of a strange first name, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the last name. Barney. Bar- yeah, Barney. yeah. I'm like <laughs> I was like it's I I was I wanted one more letter in there. Barn B, Barn Z. Excellent, excellent uh, defensive infielder who actually hit a little bit with the Dodgers. Um, they traded minor league pitcher named Jonathan Martinez. He was at a baseball within a couple of years. But um, there's a funny sort of Barney anecdote here. Uh, not funny, notable. Um, but Barney played at Oregon State. Now, the Dodgers uh, in the last – or they traded last December for Garrett Clevenger, who, who pitched in college at Oregon. Uh, they added to the roster uh, on a minor league deal in – June, or I guess in July, early, no, in June, Jake Reed. They called him up during the road trip in Miami. Uh, he played his college ball at Oregon. Over the break, uh, they claimed Jimmy Scherfe off waivers from the Giants, added him to the active roster on Friday. Scherfe played his uh, college ball at Oregon. All three were teammates in 2013 in Oregon. Um, they actually all pitched in a row in Friday's game at Coors Field. 
It was the first time they had pitched in a game, in the same game since like June 3rd, 2013. But as I was looking up some of these stats, I think it was, I think it was Scherfe. Uh, I, I think his, his dad, I believe, was a pro golfer or like at least semi-pro or whatever. And he occasionally would go to tournaments. So he visited Oregon uh, on a golfing tournament with his dad. And he was a big Oregon State fan, I guess, because of Darwin Barney. <laughs> and uh, and then he ended up choosing, he fell in love with like the, the campus at Eugene or something. And that, that's one of the reasons he chose Oregon. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my Darwin Barney story for you. Well, I am excited for this Dodgers Rewind. A One of the, not, I shouldn't say first, but a big, uh, a player... Player of the podcast, someone you and I always had a, a lot of confidence in when maybe it wasn't always deserved. I'll, and, and as much confidence as we might have had in him, nobody has more confidence in this person than Alex Wood himself. Uh, one, one of the cooler... Uh, it's actually not Alex Wood, though. Yeah, <laughs> Alex Wood just really believes in this. Yeah, so Alex Wood pitching no. for the Giants on Tuesday, potentially against Josiah Gray, who knows. But... Um, he was part of the first, the reason I brought him up, that he's reasonably relevant. Part of the first trade deadline uh, under um, Andrew Friedman uh, in 2015. And that, that first like big trade deadline deal was a doozy. Uh, 13 players, three teams, uh, eventually leading then Braves GM John Coppolella to eventually apologize to fans for making the move. It was so unpopular. Um, here's what the Dodgers got. Alex Wood, uh, Luis Avilon, who was useful lefty reliever for a while, Jim Johnson, who was terrible with the Dodgers, <laughs> uh, uh, Jose Peraza, who they ended up uh, flipping in in another deal later, a very speedy infielder, uh, and then Bronson Arroyo, who was hurt, and it, his salary was included in the deal. Also, famously rehabbing at Camelback Ranch, got to know another rehabbing Dodger, uh, that summer, uh, Walker Bueller became friends and then ultimately recorded Wonderwall for this year's uh, ring ceremony. So that trade worked out in spades, I would I would say, uh, just for that, regardless of any performance on the field. They also got Matt Latos from the, uh, from the Marlins and Michael Morris. Michael Morris, who was um, uh, designated for assignment and then traded one day later to the Pirates for minor league outfielder Jose Tabata, who never... Ended up getting to the majors with the Dodgers. He played in the majors previously, but uh, at the time, Michael Morse um, played uh, had he used "Take on Me" from Aha uh, as his at bat music, and I had one of my the jokes I'm most proud of. Um, <laughs> There's so I think, many that you're proud of. I, I think I tweeted out it was like just quoting some of the lyrics from that song, and like um, I'll be gone in a day or two. Uh, you know, it was take take me on. You know, I'll be gone in a day or two, because that was the entire Mike Morris Dodger experience. And then I found out that like Jay Jaffe tweeted it like the day before. Like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> so. But anyway, I, it was a, it was a great joke. But um, the Braves got Paco Rodriguez, the first player from the 2012 draft to make the majors, uh, lefty reliever. Uh, Hector Oliveira, a, a Cuban uh, free agent, the Dodgers signed for sixty two and a half million. Uh, most of that, or not most of that, a big bulk of that was the signing bonus. Uh, and then, so when they traded him, he had about $33 million remaining on the deal. Um, he ended up uh, being 
uh, arrested for uh, domestic violence. One of the aforementioned uh, players who was placed on administrative leave in season and then ultimately suspended and just generally uh, terrible. And that, that was sort of the, the impetus behind the Braves GM apologizing for this trade because it, it was worked out so badly. Uh, Zach, minor league pitcher Zach Bird went from the uh, Dodgers to the Braves. The Braves also got a competitive balance round draft pick from the Marlins. The Marlins from the Dodgers got three minor league pitchers, Victor Arayujo, uh, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that name. I should have looked it up. Kevin Guzman and Jeff Brigham. I believe Brigham made it to the majors. Uh, at the time, this is me going back to – God, I've done this for so long. Um, <laughs> I, I found, I'm quoting myself here from six years ago. Uh, the Dodgers essentially paid $45 million, just as a note here. This That includes also the salaries of um, Matt Latos and I believe Mike Morse at the time. Uh, just And plus the, the – um, yeah, all the – a lot of the money in the deal. Anyway, so they paid $45 million to acquire two starting pitchers, two relievers, including one of each they can keep well beyond 2015, plus an infield prospect in Peraza who was ranked the 26th, 26th best prospect in baseball at midseason by Baseball America. They did, in fact, keep Wood uh, well beyond 2015. He had elbow surgery in 2016, so it kind of reduced his impact there, but made the all-star team in 2017. He won 16 games, 272 ERA, um, speaking of trade deadline that year, when the, it was rumored that the Dodgers would go out and get um, a starter, they ended up trading for you uh, Darvish, so it worked out pretty well. Uh, well, except till the World Series. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but um, would I? Speaking of that confidence, I just remember this was in July 2017. Alex Wood said, "Go out and find somebody with better career numbers to be a number two, then come talk to me." <laughs> he was like, I'm the number two guy here, right? Like, that that was sort of his shot across the bow. He took a no-hitter into the sixth inning in game four in Houston against the Astros in 2017 World Series, which uh, obviously because of the uh, sign stealing uh, takes on uh, a bigger impact now, I think. Uh, that was the only game in Houston the Dodgers won in the series. Notably, Alex Wood um, and Austin Barnes were constantly changing the signs because they figured something was up. Uh, Kershaw, like the next day, was famously like, "No, I'm I'm good. Like, you know, I don't really do that." And well, probably should have. Um, but uh, in from 2015 to 2018 with the Dodgers, uh, Wood had a 3.46 ERA and a 3.50 FIP, just very good all around. He was traded again in a, like a very big deal um, in the off season. This is another sort of like a financial type deal that save save some competitive balance tax. Uh, Dodgers and Reds, they traded away Kemp and Puy. They took back Homer Bailey's salary. But in that deal, like the big, I think, impact for the Dodgers was getting minor league shortstop Jeter Downs, who was later included in the trade for Mookie Betts, and the aforementioned Josiah Gray, who could pitch for the Dodgers this week. Um, I love that Alex- somehow Alex Wood's pedigree with the Dodgers uh, encompasses both Bronson Arroyo and Homer yep. Bailey. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And Matt Letos. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's and yeah it's 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 rich. It's and then what it also encompasses is a return in 2020. Now they had planned for him to go in the rotation and like. Famously, Dave Roberts, like the last week of February before spring training games even started, uh, 
like basically announced his five-man rotation, including Alex Wood in it. And then the season, you know, obviously the pandemic <laughs> delayed things till July. Wood made one start, got hurt, and then by the time he came back, there was really no time to stretch out, so he was essentially bullpen only. But uh, he did pitch in four games in the NLCS and World Series, um, six and two-thirds innings. He only allowed a run. He struck out eight. He was perfect in two innings of relief, the pivotal uh, innings three and four, after Dylan Floro struck out the white-hot Randy Rosarena with, the, with three straight change-ups uh, to end the second. The Dodgers, uh, Alex Wood and others, kept that game one nothing until the Dodgers uh, came back uh, later in the game in, to clinch the World Series in Game 6. So he'll, he'll forever be etched in Dodgers history for many reasons, but his performance in Game 6 among them. Um, Wood he, has been... That, those two yeah, innings were the, like, how are the Dodgers going to do this if Gonsolin can't go on? And he didn't. Yes. And you could kind of map sort of like the last maybe four innings, but... Alex Wood was a big, can he do this again? Because um, they had been using him a little bit. And how effective would he be? And just how effective he was, I think, for me and people I was following, was the big, oh my gosh, they could win this game. Now, another thing about that is Wood was to the point where he was like banished to the bullpen and also like like the lowest rung in the totem pole in the bullpen, basically, to the point where you're like, people were like, you know, I don't really want Alex Wood pitching in a game that matters. And then, by the time Game 6 rolls around, he was perfect in his two innings, and everyone's like, why did they take out Alex Wood? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, that's a testament to how like, like how good his performance was. So, uh, this year, he has a 367 ERA, 375 FIP, uh, with the Giants, 110 ERA+. plus. Uh, he's made 15 starts with him. He's been mostly healthy, so it's been good. Again, he's starting Tuesday, so... Yeah, Alex Wood, still active, uh, still an old friend, uh, and he's this week's uh, Dodgers Rewind. All right, you got a Alex Wood-ish trivia question for me? I do. Um, so I mentioned in 2017, he um, he was 16-3 and that year. He actually led the majors in winning percentage, 8, 842. Um, Walker Bueller this year, 10-1. and currently leads MLB in winning percentage. Since moving to L.A., uh, eight Dodgers have led uh, Major League Baseball in winning percentage for a total of nine times. Obviously, Wood, well, Bueller's not one of them yet, but Wood is. How many of the rest can you name? I don't know. I just need to like frame this list of good Dodger pitchers to name in order and see... Uh see uh how effective it is uh we'll do the three strikes rule i'll 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 name names until i get three run um how about sandy koufax yeah uh he so he's the two-timer um (laughs) weird so um 1964 was like an injury plague year for him he was actually tied with wally bunker the orioles the american league leader that year uh for the major league lead but then uh 65 as well um yeah so there, there's two are we this is um normal qualification right yeah you have to quote yeah well you know what no oh. i forgot there there is a minimum i think it's a, a minimum number of decisions okay but like let's i will tell you um wood was 16 and 3 so it's it's the qualification is it's like i think it's less than 19 decisions okay. but it, it's something close to that so how about clayton kershaw 
Clayton Kershaw once, uh, 2014, his MVP year, he was 21 and three, 875. Um, what about Don Drysdale? Drysdale never did. Brick. Uh, what about Earl Hershiser? Hershiser did. Uh, this was one of these, like my first full season watching baseball in 1985. Uh, his first full season in the rotation, he was 19 and three. Um, that that was the year. So he had a 203 ERA. I remember this because of 1986 tops. Uh, he was third in the National League in ERA because Dwight Gooden existed and he had a 153 ERA, and John Tudor existed, and I believe he was 193. So I was mad that Hershiser was only third, 203. Zach Grinky. Grinky also 19 and three in 2015. His would be Cy Young winning year, but. Instead, Jake Arrieta won. Um, Kevin Brown. Nope. Okay, that's two bricks. Um, I I will say I don't think you're gonna get the last three. Okay. You've done remarkably well though. But you, you go ahead and guess one more. Just, okay. Just I'm gonna get. Oh, okay. I'm gonna guess I'll, something I'll wild another. because oh, you okay. said I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna guess. Like I'm not guessing. Do you, do you, want, you want me to give you one hint? Give me you one. Me give hint. you one hint. One hint. The one of them is a reliever. Okay, that's not nice. I uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess just a uh, a starter of my era and, and leave it at that. Odalis Perez. Oh man, that wouldn't that be great? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up while you're <laughs> while, while because I he had some he had like two really good years yeah. with the Dodgers, and then he sort of faded out to be the guy where he no longer. Um, wanted to do like charitable work because the team wasn't promoting him enough, <laughs> so it was brutal. His so he was the guy. Oh man, he had the great year where uh, three twenty five ERA and thirty one starts, but he had he was seven and six. <laughs> I'm looking at these <laughs> eight, now. Eight, yeah. Eighteen no decisions, so he really didn't have like a an all timer like uh, winning percentage year. Fifteen and ten, all star year, pretty good. Uh, all right, like, who did I miss? Okay, I'm going backwards. Um, Brad Penny in 2007, which I, I off the top of my head, I, I'm going to look this up now because I, I, I didn't actually uh, get the exact record. I believe he was 16 and four, and uh, he was 16 and four. Um, that was the year he, I think he was like throwing at 117 miles an hour in the All Star game. <laughs> um, Tommy John, the year before his surgery, 1974. What surgery? And, uh, yeah. the, the Frank Job surgery. Okay, okay. Uh, Ron Paranowski is the reliever. Nineteen sixty-three. He was sixteen and three, just like Alex Wood. Uh, he pitched in sixty-nine games, which led the league. One hundred twenty-nine innings. All those games were in relief, by the way. He actually had a, uh, by Baseball Reference, four point five WAR. He finished fourth in MVP voting. Koufax won it, uh, but he was the second highest pitcher on the list, so he was very well regarded. Uh, and he had a very good year. So like, uh, and he just happened to, you know, pitch in a lot of close games, and he got the win. I'm looking at this 2007 Dodgers team because, like, I would I was like skipping that era because Dodger, that that Dodgers team was 82 and that 80. Was, How did <laughs> also no? But if you remember, like that they they tanked at the end. They they were with they were like in playoff position. Like, yeah, no, like, it's just left. that. For Brad Penny to get a winning percentage record, uh, that's oh, where right. I was like, I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, that was a that was brutal. That, that was a brutal time because that was like there was like a lot of the infighting between like the stubborn old guys and the and the brash uh, young young players at the time. And okay, yeah, it was. It this was is too good. I'm gonna ask you. I'm looking right now for between pitchers and position players. I want you to name me the top five in WAR from that 2007 team. Okay, so I just full disclosure, I'm not at that part of the page. I did look that up because I, that's how I looked up Brad Penny, but I'm not. I don't have any WAR numbers in front of me, so I yeah, don't. I'm not. That, that's fine. Um, what what am what what am I picking here? Uh, uh, top, top five, five in WAR for that 2007 okay. season. Oh man! I'll let you know. Brad uh, Penny was number one with six point five. So okay, the next so four. this is. This I I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and only because it was like James Loney's best power season. He only played half a year, but I'm gonna go James Loney. He very he was point one war away from being tied for fifth. Okay. Um. So I believe Matt Kemp struggled this year. You are correct. Um, Russell Martin. Uh, number All-star. two, and the only position player on this list, 5.6 wow. or Brad Penny um, at 6.5. So, Chad Billingsley's role was weird because he started as a reliever, then he then he joined the rotation, but he was pretty good. I'll just say Chad Billingsley. Yep, number four, 3.4. Okay. Um, after that. This is really cool. Uh, the top three were the three Dodger yeah. All-Stars. Oh man, that's 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 kind of uh, cool. I'm ha- Oh, uh, uh, what about uh, Takashi Saito? There you go. What man? Uh, what an yeah, all-time was, Dodger. So like, if, if I remember right, uh, that was part of the run. That well, that was also Rocktober that year, yeah. <laughs> where the Rockies had the crazy winning streak. But um, so September 18th, the four plus one game in 2006, uh, Takashi Saito. Uh, I think he gave up. I want to say three runs in the ninth or something or in the eighth no the ninth top of the ninth to to give the Padres like a four-run lead or whatever it was multiple runs he did not give up multiple runs again until exactly one year later <laughs> when he gave up like a walk-off home run to Todd Helton as part of uh, Rocktober and uh, it was brutal but yeah he was he was excellent so I, I'm missing one more yep, is that right? I'm gonna give and you it's, one and it's a pitcher it's a pitcher I'm gonna give you one guess then I'll move on okay um I'm having a hard time. Uh, oh, this Derek Lowe. There you go. Well done. Okay. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of me asking you trivia questions, I'm about to do it again because it's time for. Oh, man. With Dean's Craig. We love them. Five questions from our friend Craig Manami. We love it. Oh, sorry. You get later and later on that. I am pulling yeah. up answers for this. Uh, my, I, I, I'm going to quote unquote say my internet is delayed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so, Major League Baseball had their first first annual. That's not correct. Their annual, I don't know where I got the word first, but <laughs> oh, because it's about first picks. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> how did I do that? Uh, had their annual draft last week. My one trivia question for Eric is how many of the first picks the Dodgers made since 2002? can he name so i'm mad at this i i think i was i think i'm gonna do pretty well but like i saw this question and 
I was pasting it into the notes and I was like, oh no. Like, uh, I, I think I'm going to do badly at a couple where I should nail. But okay, I'm just going to go through it here. Um, not necessarily in order. I'll, I'll give the year. And I have hints so. if and when you ever need them. Okay, 2002 James Looney. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, now I'm going to skip a little bit and I'm going to go backwards now. Uh, okay, uh, I will try two, to keep track. Sorry. You're good. I'll, I'll, You're good. I'll, I'll You're good. You do what you need to do. I gotcha. Two, 2021, Maddox Bruns. Yep. Um, 2020, Bobby Miller. Yep. So 2019, I know they had two first-round picks. I believe Michael Bush was first. You were wrong. Oh, Cody Hosey was first? There you go. Jerks. Um, okay, so um, 2018... Uh, well, so this this is how I sort of remember. I almost said, I almost said TJ Ginn, but that was it was JT Ginn yeah. who had TJ surgery. Uh, also, they didn't sign him. Um, okay, uh, 2017 was Jaron Kendall. Yep. Um, 2016. Now they've had like a billion. Players from this draft reach the majors. Yep. Um, <laughs> and oh, 2016. Um, uh, Gavin Lux. There you go. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, for the life of me, I can't remember who they drafted first. Um, but yeah, okay. So okay, then 2015, Walker Bueller. Yep. Uh, okay. This is now it gets. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll, I'll okay. put it this way: I don't have uh, links to the next two players. <laughs> yeah. So 2013, Chris Anderson. Uh, yes, you are missing 2014. Just to make sure. Jacksonville. Yeah. So I, I'm. I'm just. That, that's fine. That just to I'll, make I'll sure come back you to forget. Oh, 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 wait. Uh, 2014, Chris Reed. Uh, Chris Reed is an answer, but it was 2011. Okay. I'm counting that because you didn't have to name yours. Okay. So. Okay. So then, uh, so that brings us to 2012. Um, well, well, I'll just go 2010 exactly. Yep. Um, 2012. I'll come back to it. Um, oh man. Uh, so 2009, they gave up their first round pick to Sut because they signed Orlando Hudson. Oh God! Um, <laughs> oh, so then that means um, Ethan Martin. Uh, that was two thousand and eight. Okay. Oh wait, then what about no? Oh, well, you know, two thousand nine uh, is Bob, the other, the last player. Bobby Miller. It's a Miller. Uh, Hold on, I'm seeing if this is like a weird name thing. I have. I'm going to just say it, just in case. Aaron Miller. Aaron Miller. Yeah, that's okay. okay. That's who I was thinking of. I just had the. Yep. I had the first name wrong. Okay. Oh yeah, Bobby. Bobby Miller was 2000. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So now I need 2007. Is that, is that you need 2014, 2012, and then uh, then, then you have bunch. Ethan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we, I have Ethan Martin for 2008. Yep. So Only player on this uh, list with a negative Major League War. Wow. Okay. 
So I'm purposely skipping 2003 because I have a brain fart. Um, but I know. Um, so obviously, 2006, Kershaw. Yeah. Um, 2005. Um, oh. Um, man. Another player Wait. famously not signed by the Dodgers. Yeah, I... I just thought for some reason that he was, he was like a supplemental pick. So Luke Hochaber. Yep. Um, and he was. I think he was. I think this was another year they lost their first pick because yeah. it was pick forty. Two, ah, okay, that makes sense. So two thousand seven would have been Chris Withrow. Yep. Um. So right now I'm missing oh three oh nine twelve fourteen. Is that right? Uh. Uh. You got we Aaron Miller was oh nine. So you're missing oh three oh four. 12 and 14. Okay. 2004. Um, Blake DeWitt. Nope. Pitcher with 1.5 Major League War. I I should clarify. I don't know if this is Major League War or War with the Dodgers. I'm pretty sure it's Major League. Okay. uh, If it's Space Warriors. Okay. Uh, 2003. So obviously. 2003 is a pitcher with 17.2 War. 17.2. 17.2. So, like, the thing is, Matt Kemp was sixth round. Is it Edmund Jackson? It is not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was, like, sixth round, I think, maybe the year before or something. Or maybe 2001. Um, 2003. Like, obviously, the, the two big drafts for Logan White were 2002-2003. Russell Martin was in 2002. Um, oh, no, no. Andy LaRoche was like 39th round. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Jonathan Broxton was second round. Um, I'm very disappointed in you missing this. This is yeah, literally, so literally. Oh, no, 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 no. I have a jersey. Chad yep. Billy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, say, okay. Other than yeah. like yeah. Peter Guerrero, like maybe the player I associate most with you. So. Uh, okay, wait, what about, oh, 2004 is the guy they didn't sign out of San Diego, I think. Uh, incorrect. Okay. This player was signed. Hmm. Pitched as recently for the Dodgers in 2014. Wow. Um, okay, I'm going to go back to 2000, the, the more recent years for a second, just mentally. Um, Two thousand fourteen. Nope, uh, my brain is mush. Uh, I, I Grant Holmes for two thousand fourteen. Of the hair, yeah, of course. Two thousand twelve is another. You should get it. Yeah, I should get a lot of stuff. Second um, most war on this list. Oh, of course. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so you're just so yeah. missing two thousand four. You're doing great. Uh, I. No, my first thought was Corey Wade. I, I don't really have anyone. I don't I don't know. Scott Elbert. Ah, of course. Nice. Okay. You did, I did great. better than I thought. I, I thought I thought I would blank on him. The two thousand I knew I was like I, I don't know why I couldn't think of Chad Billingsley, but that's nuts. Julio Urias has nine hits and eight RBIs so far this season. And the Jacob <laughs> I we're calling the wild card <laughs> era the Jacob era, which is I guess, that's <laughs> I like it. That's probably fair. I I would 
yeah, that's fair. Maybe the interleague era is is yeah no okay same thing yes yeah that that makes sense maybe a little bit later a than that years, but yeah. Yeah, yeah the Dodger pitcher uh, Zach Grinky had the most hits with 19 in 2013 and Randy Wolf had 11 RBIs in 2009. Do you think Urias can reach either of those marks this season? And for the record, will either of you miss pitchers hitting if this is it? Nope. Um, <laughs> I so not- I if if I had like to discuss like you know I'm strange and have conversations with myself. So I thought about this and like how I would if someone asked me, do you want the designated hitter or not? I want I prefer baseball with the designated hitter, but I think I am the obscure fan that likes weird esoteric stuff and the players owners lots and lots of fans ranging from casual to not casual just fans of good offense uh uh do want it and that dwarfs uh my my side of things so i think it's better for the game to just get the designated hitter here but i will miss it i i generally don't mind necessarily pitching generally but it's they're just so bad like yep. at it like and i think um yeah we've like moved like beyond this so like i don't know i i i'm to the point where i think like the dh is like almost inevitable yep. so I've, i'm i think i'm kind of resigned to it so i guess i probably will like look tim leary getting a pinch hit uh walk off in 1988 is like a, a Forever memory in green. Obviously, we were both there for reuse Homer in 2019. Those kind of things are, are lost, but like they happen so infrequently that like I don't know. It, it's it's just weird. Uh, but getting to the the other part of that was like I don't think Urias is going to get to 19 hits. That's too many. Uh, he needs three RBIs to get to 11. He's going to get um, there. Lock it in. Lock of the week. I think no. Okay. Lock of the week. Make it happen. Um. Yeah. I so I, I think I think he's not. I don't think he's going to get to either one. But you you say he's going to get to eleven. Are you think do you, is he going to get to nineteen hits for you? Uh, no. I I agree with you there. Okay. You you saw the Camarena grand slam, right? Uh. Wait. The who? Camarena. Am I saying that correctly? Oh, the it was reliever the for the, the Padres. Braves? For the Padres. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yes, yes. What? That was awesome. So good. <laughs> his fa- his family is like he's from San Diego. His family's in the stands going nuts. Like yeah, and they ended up winning that game. They were down like eight nothing. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, like when you uh, know, in an intense uh, NL West, when I'm just un- unequivocally happy for the Padres, uh, like not even close. You know, it's it's a great great moment. Yeah, that was a, that was a great moment for sure. Um. Last November, I asked if you two could see Kenley Jansen being back in 2022. Despite the blown save on Sunday, Jansen has pitched very well this season, and the Dodgers don't really have a successor in place. Have you th- thoughts changed, or is it too early to say? I'm going to note, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good... Yeah. I, I certainly don't. Um, I'm, I'm looking back, though. As I, we, uh, I will say this. Kenley is for sure... Pitching better than I would have expected for sure last yeah. November, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, and I think, again, I'm guessing. And I, we could re-listen and find out. My memory is totally off, but I would have guessed that I would have said his air, his time as a closer has probably come to passing, and if he is willing to come on on a lower budget, 
deal where his role is less certain that maybe that could happen, but that I didn't think he was, uh, you know, that he rightfully would, should believe more in himself and wouldn't do that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I I don't know, (laughs) you know, I I couldn't find, um, in, I, I have a Google sheet that I keep track of most of our little side bets here. And I could not find that, a note of that of uh, from Kenley. But, yeah, I think it's certainly possible. Like, um, but, you know, they, they really, um, yeah, this this, this offseason is going to be, obviously Kershaw is the big name. Seager uh, is the, le- I mean, the legacy name. But then you know, Seager is like the marquee free agent, but also coming off an injury, that's going to be weird. And then Lux has been like disappointing um, to the point where you, and you know, Taylor's a free agent too. So like they, there's a lot of, those are, but those are like the only ones with Jansen that are like, you know, free agents that you have to think about. So like, I could definitely see him back, but um, it's, it's certainly more likely I think than it was, like this, this last offseason, you know, Agreed. But, it, but yeah, so he's pitching his way potentially into returning. So I, the other thing too, is like Bruce Dargraderall is probably like in theory, the eventual like closer in waiting, but I don't, I don't know if they're married to roles, you know, right. necessarily. I just think they want as many good relievers as possible at the end. And like Gratterall has had his own things where, uh, Limited in the offseason, uh, started the year on the injured list, and they couldn't say why, which almost always means COVID-related, but you can't release that information unless the player okays it. Um, and then he's been hurt a couple times. Uh, Dave Roberts uh, has sort of said they optioned him to the minors, and he's sort of, they call it finishing school. I also think it's sort of punitive uh, because at t- a couple times this year, Dave Roberts has said, you know, there were some things out of his control this winter in terms of readiness for spring training and some things that were in his control. So I think they're, for lack of a better term, want him to get his shit together. <laughs> um, and so, like, he was a key part of their bullpen last year. The, the The problem was, you know, missing bats, but he also gave up a lot of soft contact and ground balls and stuff. And he throws, like, an easy hundred. So, like, you understand why. But, like, he also has to, like, get better. Like, they're not just going to anoint him closer, but, like, he could definitely be in the mix uh, going forward. He just has to, like, sort of do it now. Um, so, yeah, it, it, nothing's as easy as, like, well, this guy's coming up. He's clearly going to take over. I don't think anything is that easy. So, uh, you never know. Uh, people can pitch their way into sort of anything. So, I think, yeah, Jensen, definitely possible to be back. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all. Will the Dodgers make a trade between now and the next podcast recording? And will that player get into a game before July 30th? Um, cons- assuming we record Monday or Tuesday yep. next week, uh, I don't think so. I don't think they'll trade before then. I do think they will. I, th- I think they will make like at least two or three trades. I don't know if any of those players will be there before July 30th. Yeah, it'll or be. I guess so. Go ahead. Get into a game before. So they have to play by July 29th, which is Thursday. Hmm. That's hard. I, I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, yeah. Just for sporting sakes, I'll say yes. Okay. 
Grilled or fried vegetables sometimes make an appearance on a sandwich or a burger as a pleasant addition. Could you see? Uh, could you two see yourselves making or buying a sandwich entirely out of vegetables, not including plant-based meat substitutes? For myself, I'm thinking maybe a slightly, uh, a lightly tempura fried cauliflower on a soft roll like a po' boy. So I think for this, my general thing, I'm not anti-vegetable by any means, but if I'm going to get something like this where um, it's very vegetable heavy or like solely vegetables, I'd rather just eat like a plate of it or a bowl yeah, of it. Yeah, th- this is a g- yeah. my exact answer. And I feel, I feel like that's strange, right? It feels like... It's not like yeah. there's some perfect marriage between meat and bread. Um, but I, my exact thought was like, if I'm just going to have a bunch of vegetables, I'm going to have a salad. Uh, I guess I don't, I don't eat like eggplant a ton. Uh, very rarely. In fact, seems to me like eggplant, uh, or maybe like, um, like a giant mushroom are the most like, um, likely or like most sandwichable in terms of like a big you can have a big patty or something yeah or, and i guess you know i guess a thought here is like are we ca- i understand understanding it's not a vegetable but are we i i took this question to just mean meatless so it's something like uh hummus for instance uh, a bean-based oh, uh protein i wouldn't i wouldn't count that okay then like, then yeah, yeah i think um because yeah like i and, yeah, and, to me the cauliflower uh, fried or otherwise replaces the bread, not the the meat. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, and like that, it, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I eat cauliflower, I just like on its own in terms yep. of like the texture of it. Or uh, if you're gonna go like uh, even you know non carbs and do like mashed cauliflower rather than mashed potatoes, that's sort of the vehicle for that rather than like a sandwich. Right. Um, the the other thing is like if I go out like if I'm you know, Togo's or Jersey oh, Mike's or Subway or whatever, they don't, I don't, none of, they don't have any good vegetable sandwiches. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just all this, it's just all the fixings, right? right? It's, like, it's they, a it, sandwich it no without meat. the meat, like, yeah. We, we used to have uh, at um, In N Out, I believe it's still on the menu. Um, this was 25 years ago. Plus, cheese. when I worked there, no, not the grilled oh. cheese, but a, a, a Wish burger, they called it, or a Wish sandwich, um, which is essentially, um, it well, I guess a hamburger without the meat or the cheese. So it's just all the ingredients. Uh, I for like the the pickiest kid eater ever. Basically, like I I like grilled onions and or you know I like who what kid likes onions? But there's way I just want lettuce and tomato with ketchup and mustard. You brought up bread. Togo's, <laughs> which is not out here in Kansas City, but I I thought I recalled that hum, they had a hummus. Again, we've already disqualified it, but they do have a hummus hummus sandwich. So there's that. But like they they just that's just this, the whole sandwich is just hummus, like hummus and mayo, and then I think you can get add all the veggies that you want. Like hummus basically takes place of the meat. But I see I. I just count that as like a vegetable sandwich that use that has hummus on it. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, no, but see, like, I, I yeah. you, can, you could talk me into that because at that point I'm getting a good amount of protein. Oh. So you could, like, again, I understanding that we're not yeah. really counting chickpeas as a vegetable, but uh, uh, you could talk me into yeah, that. I, I, so they have a Greek veggie sandwich as well, but that also has hummus on it. <laughs> I'd be hard pressed to find. Like a, a good vegetable sandwich that I wouldn't just want to have 
without the breath. So the other, and this this makes sense, and I'm not a fan, so I wouldn't have this, but they also have the Cali veggie, and then they're using avocado as the protein. The, the thing there is, I mean, I this is where I would I would probably open myself up to more options, but I, I don't. I just don't like avocado. Yeah, I don't like. So, neither do I. You, yeah, we're the two yeah, weird so, Californians. Uh, that's right. In spirit, at least for me, uh, that uh, I don't like avocado. Let's, let's next podcast. We're going to talk about only about directions and the one hundred and one. Reassert <laughs> the fact that it is in fact where we're from. Yeah. All right. Well, there we, we go. Did good. Was, there's there's the episode. I'm gonna go have a, a meat-based sandwich, and uh, well, maybe the Dodgers will trade for someone by the time we record next week. Maybe they won't. And if so, uh, but I win the for, bet. Yeah, and, that's right. And the you pride. win because you you were bold, and I was I was a quitter basically. So <laughs> that's that's where we're at. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you next week when the trade deadline is even closer. Mm-hmm.